Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there once again and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. You've reached episode number 324 entitled Having a Career in Tech and WordPress with Frank Klein. It was published on Thursday the 27th of April 2023. My name's Nathan Wrigley and I'll be joined in a few short minutes by Frank. Firstly though, a little bit of housekeeping. If you're enjoying the WP Builds content, we would really appreciate it if you shared it. You could do that on Twitter, on Mastodon, on Facebook. Probably the best way to keep up to date with what we're doing is head over to our page, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe, and all of our channels are there. We'd also appreciate a mention if you fancy doing that in your podcast player of choice, Apple Podcasts or something like that. A review certainly helps spread the show far and wide. The other thing to mention is that if you do head over to our subscribe page and fill out the form there, we will send you possibly two emails a week. The first one is to notify you of the Thursday podcast that we produce. That's what you're listening to now, but also our This Week in WordPress show. It's live every Monday, 2 p.m. UK time. If you join us, you can leave a comment and we'll try to get as many of those comments featured in the show. It's a bit of fun and we recycle that as a podcast episode on Tuesday. The other thing to mention is our deals page, wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. It's a bit like Black Friday, but every single day of the year, head over there to get some significant savings with coupon codes for WordPress products and services and things like that. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by going to go.me forward slash WP builds. That's go.me forward slash WP builds. And once again, sincere thanks to GoDaddy Pro for their continuing ongoing support of the WP builds podcast. Okay, today, as I said, we have a podcast episode. It's an interview. We're chatting with Frank Klein. Now, Frank has had a, a fairly long career in the WordPress space. He began learning PHP in 2011. Since then, he's worked for a whole bunch of different companies, including Automatic and Human Made, where he's now one of the principal engineers over there. And Frank is on the show today to talk about careers in WordPress, really, how it is that you could make yourself a career in WordPress. The whole episode really boils down to staying curious and keep learning. And Frank talks about the different things that you could learn, the different techniques that you could use to learn, whether or not it's a good idea to learn things which are outside the WordPress space so that you've got options should you decide to move away from WordPress, the challenges of learning, using courses or just self-taught learning. There's a whole load in here and I hope that you enjoy it. I am joined on the podcast today by Frank Klein. Hello, Frank. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Frank and I have, uh, I've, I've done this, well, this is the second time now. If you, uh, if you want to hear Frank and I having a chat about a different subject, feel free to head over to the 
P Tavern podcast, episode 50 over there, will find you uh, listening to me and Frank talking about how Gutenberg and full site editing can be used to bring new opportunities to WordPress developers. But not the, not the subject of today's conversation, though. Frank, just before we get stuck into this, I wonder if you wouldn't mind. There's bound to be a whole bunch of people who've not heard that previous episode. So I, f- I feel we need a bit of background. You can tell us who you are and who you work for and how long you've been using WordPress and all of that stuff. So over to you, Frank. Right. So my name is uh, Frank Klein. I live in Luxembourg and I'm a principal engineer at an enterprise WordPress agency called HumanMate and also run my own WordPress developer education company called WP Development Courses. And yeah, I've been using WordPress since 2011. And that's when I kind of switched careers <laughs> for the second time, actually, uh, to go into web development. And yeah, I picked WordPress, of course, because it's widely used. And for me, that was uh, a great possibility to get a job easily because yeah, I switched careers when I was 26 uh, to development. And I, I thought to myself, hey, if uh, this many people use WordPress, uh, for sure there's somebody who's going to give me a job <laughs> in it. So that's kind of <laughs> how, how I got to WordPress. That's great. It's a really nice trajectory, that. Just going off-piste a little bit, and Frank, we, we never did discuss in our pre, pre-recording conversation, we didn't discuss this, but I'm just curious, a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are freelancers, you know, so they look for their own work and they do their own work and perhaps they're working by themselves and so on. Just give us a bit of an insight into what it's how that differs from the enterprise level work that you do. Just I don't know whether you're authorized to talk about human made, but if you're if you feel willing to do that, I'd love to hear a little bit more about them. Right. So I think it's kind of hard to define what the enterprise is because you can say or it's a big company, how do you find big, it's a big budget, well, okay. Um, For me, it's more when I look at, when I look at kind of websites, I would say an enterprise website always makes money in some form or fashion. So it can be direct in the sense that if you have an online shop, of course, it makes direct money. Or it can be more indirect if you have, for example, an online publication, they publish content and you make money through ads, for example. So that is the first criteria. It's that it's a, a money-making uh, machine, I guess, for the company that runs the website. And the difference is important because if you build, uh, let's say you have an online store and your client has an online store and you can improve the conversion rate. So you can put a money amount on that. And if you increase conversions by a lot and your client makes a lot more money, that means you can charge a lot for it. Uh, the other part is that where I would see the difference in the enterprise is that uh, your clients actually need to use the backend of WordPress a lot because, I mean, custom design, the front end, that's kind of a given. Everybody needs to put some kind of front end on a website, but the difference really comes in the backend, how you can adapt WordPress to fit your client needs. Mm. And this is where, I guess, inside of Human Made, we make uh, the most difference because uh, if you have clients that work in the publishing industry, uh, something like that. Uh, every little piece that you can give them that makes this process more efficient just results in a lot better outcomes for them in terms of you know how much uh, productivity they have. And so that's really where we spend a lot of our time. And so we were made is actually the back end, it's not so much the front end. Uh, so that's, I think, for me, the, the two big difference makers. The other part has more to do with um, security and performance. 
Yeah. So obviously, your bigger yeah. the bigger your website is, the more it's important that it doesn't get hacked. You know, if your website doesn't get any visits and gets hacked. Uh, you put the backup on, and you know, no worries. But if it gets hacked <laughs> and you are a big site and you have published content and stuff like that, you cannot just slap a backup on and you lose a day of you know work. Obviously, it's a lot. Um, it's very negative for your your view outside if your website gets hacked. And the other part is performance, where uh, it's something that uh, you need to distinguish. Front-end performance is important, but I'm also very especially talking about back-end performance because usually big sites get a lot of traffic. And so the margin of error for how you build stuff, how you architect it is, is quite small. So those, I guess, the, the things that differentiate uh, the enterprise from the rest. And kind of the, the problem that you have when you switch from one to the other is just things that previously were considered just best practice or that's how everybody does it. Suddenly they aren't. So, and that's sometimes when I say things on Twitter, uh, people are confused, but yeah, it comes from this background of the stakes are a lot higher, yeah. the margin for errors are a lot smaller. So obviously things are done a certain way in, in the enterprise world. Yeah, I guess you've got to be a little bit more opinionated and uh, yeah, what have you. The The subject at hand today really is, I guess the one word you could sum it up with is careers or career being a WordPress developer. You've obviously had a great deal of experience and you know you've taken different forks in the road to get to where you are now but you've written sort of seven points that you want to discuss about getting into wordpress and learning journeys and all of that kind of stuff so you talked about wordpress in general but is there is there anything about your first point the background on how you became a wordpress developer that you wanted to develop above and beyond what you've mentioned already right so what i wanted to to say there is that it's typical that um, a lot of WordPress developers don't really come from, you know, computer science degree or something like that. And for me, it was the same. I actually studied uh, print design. And when I got out of university, that was in 2008, there was just no work anywhere because that was the Obama recession, as I like to call it. Um, and I was actually doing an internship as part of my studies in, a, in an agency, a big agency. Uh, so there were 50 people in total and they did, um, you know, print, web, uh, audiovisual everything and so I talked to the boss and I said hey you know I'm leaving my internship uh, can you give me a job and he said no uh, I really don't need another print designer but what I need is a project manager because the particular thing about Luxembourg where I live is that we have three official languages so Luxembourgish French and German and the Luxembourgers all know these three but a lot of the workforce in Luxembourg nearly half actually Germans or French people or Belgians that cross the border every day to come work in Luxembourg. Huh. And, and they don't have those language skills. So just based on that, he, he said, I need somebody who can do all these things. So if you go back to like school and you get some education project mentioned, I will hire you for sure. So I went back to university and you can do like a transfer of skills where you need to uh, present your knowledge in a certain area and all of this. So I got into the third year of a, of a four-year uh, project management degree in, in the IT space. And so it's one year where I was just at school, and then the second year is just half and half where you work and you go to school a few times. And that was it. I was a work project manager, and my former boss kept, kept his word and became my then permanent boss for my uh, first full-time job, and I was a project manager. And um, yeah, I was just miserable, to be honest. <laughs> so uh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah, I was super miserable. I have to admit that. And um, well, I, I felt like a failure, obviously, because I, you know, we in Luxembourg, you get out of secondary school at 19, 
you add six years of university to it. Wow. Uh, you're 25, Good which is, grief. you know, wow. uh, if I were in the US, I would arrive, probably maybe be married and have kids or something, right? Because, yeah. And so when you're standing there, you essentially have nothing. That broke, obviously. Uh, student loans and everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I wasn't really in a situation where I could just say, hey, I'm going to quit this job and, you know, do whatever. Um, especially because the pay was really bad. It wasn't a great situation. So I was, you know, in my, in my lunch break, Googling for career advice. Oh, no. Yeah, that's, that's, oh. that's how bad it was. Oh, <laughs> so, and then I found uh, Brian Tracy. So you probably don't know him. He's um, no. an American-Canadian, um, how can I say, a motivation speaker, maybe uh, yeah. like, like self-development. And he had this really great blog post. I think it was a blog post. Right now, I just found it as a video where he said, you know, how to change careers. I'm like, okay, you know, and it was very short to say, hey, first of all, identify what you want to do. So I'm like, what I want is a job in a growing market because that means a lot of job opportunities and job security. Uh, and I want it to be well paid, obviously. And I want it to be creative because project manager is not creative. And some people say, well, programming isn't creative either. It's very creative because yeah. you're essentially just coming yeah. up with solutions all the time. Yeah. I said, okay, I'm going to be a web programmer. Then the second step that Brian Tracy said is that create an action plan. All right, I need to learn PHP. That I googled, you know, what's the most common language? PHP, what is the most common CMS? WordPress, all right, you know, <laughs> check, check. Create a budget, not a lot. I just bought um, a book on PHP and then the professional WordPress development, right? The, the big book that everybody has, I guess. And then from that point on, I was just, I said, hey, now I can do web development. And... The part that he said is that the next step once you have acquired the skills is that you need to maximize your experience. And what he meant by that is that if you come into like the development space and all you know is just those books and maybe a little bit of stuff you have done on the side, you are lacking all of the experience that other people already have. So if you come up against somebody who has five years of experience developing WordPress sites, yeah. just way behind. And there's only so much you can get from the day shop, so you need to do additional stuff on the site. And that's kind of what I did in my free time. Uh, I got involved with the theme review team. I contributed uh, to then um, open source, so the default themes in WordPress. And then that kind of got me then launched on, on the trajectory to, to then be a professional developer. And then the last two points, which I'm going to touch briefly on, those are very important because he said, be ambitious. And to me it was, well, of course, if I'm going to be a developer, I'm going to be, you know, he said, be be in the top 10% of whatever you do. I'm like, yeah, you know, that sounds like a good idea because obviously the top people make the, the most money. And he also said, be humble. So don't, like you need to be aware of what you don't know. And when you see somebody do something, like some other code that somebody wrote, instead of going, oh, this is obviously all wrong, say, okay, why would they be writing like this? Do they have more experience in this domain? What can I take from this? Hmm. So that's kind of the approach where we just need to, to look at things and say, hey, what can I learn from this? Instead of just saying, oh, this is obviously wrong because of this and this. Whereas the reality is when you're starting out, you have basically no clue what you're doing. <laughs> and you just need to be aware of that and try and learn from, from other people. And it's quite interesting because it was just this small blog post that I read, but it's a framework which I've kept ever since. And so that's kind of the uh, the reason why I like mention it because uh, I think it's it's a good framework to have and it's something that you need to continuously apply, especially in the market that we are now in, right? So the wider 
WordPress and also web development market. You mentioned you mentioned it as a framework, but as you were talking about it, I suspect that it's really clear in your head what that framework is and what the bits are that that hang off it. But it may not be the case for people who are listening to this. You know, they, they've heard you just talking about what you you're talking about, and but then you mention framework, and suddenly, oh, well, what does he mean? Can you? Can you describe like the steps that are in that framework specifically? Is it like a bullet pointed list of, of things that it, it, you would advise to do in a particular order? How does that actually work? Right, so I think that the important part is that you need to first look at the situation that you're in and then be clear of whether this is something that you like doing or not. And that's something which you have to do continuously. Because I think the worst thing that you can do is, you know, you work in WordPress and you just hate it, right? So I mean, if that is the case, then just do something else. I think that's a very important point. Um, it's something that is not said often out loud because some people think it's negative, but generally, in my, from my point of view, if you don't like where WordPress is going, then, then do something else. Like, why would you stay with it and be miserable? You know, I mean, mm. there are plenty of opportunity out there uh, to, to do other things. I mean, the web development space is huge. Uh, tons of great communities, WordPress for sure isn't the only one. So that's just something which you continuously need to ask yourself. And also as a developer, there are other careers available to you, right? You could go more into management, uh, people management, technical management. So just make sure that you don't just do the same things over and over just because you have been doing them for you know years. That's probably the worst thing to look at it. And if you see that there is a change needed, either because you want to change or because you have to change, because you know circumstances change, then just come up with a plan. Okay, what do I need to learn? What are the resources that I could find to learn them, the skills that I need? And then what is the budget? That's very important because um, we on WordPress and generally the web development, we are big on free education, but free education has its limits for sure. I mean, there is a whole market for courses, certifications, one-on-one -on -one coaching, and it's there for a reason. It's because if you do pay, those offerings are often just you know, a big shortcut to getting where you want to be. And then the other part is when you do something, uh, you need to apply whatever you're learning. It's very important. So don't go out and learn, I don't know, Rust, right? The program language Rust. Just don't go out and learn Rust and then do nothing with it because your time is too valuable. You just need to learn the things that apply to your immediate career. And then the other part is when I say be humble is that don't think you have figured it all out. <laughs> that's that's very important, especially in the WordPress space, where I think, you know, it's always when you say I read this on Twitter, I read this on Facebook, I think there's a minority of people for sure, but there are some people who just say, well, this is the way it is, and then that's fine, you know, just final word. Look at what these people are doing, what are their experiences, what are their successes, and then ask them yourself, can I learn something from this? Why would this person say that? Why would this person have this opinion? Use this specific framework, uh, use this software. I think those are the, the steps that I would recommend that everybody just applies to their own career. Anybody listening to this podcast is very likely really into WordPress. They've probably got some job in the WordPress space, whether that's working for themselves or working for a, a, at a company like you do. What's your take on the current state of the job market in WordPress? I mean, the numbers have for years and years and years been going up and up and up. We we hear constantly about, you know, it was 20% now, 30 and 40 were in the mid sort of early 40s, 43%. This figure always getting touted. So on the face of it, it seems like 
everything's very positive. The job market's going to be buoyant. But we're recording this at the beginning of 2023, where tech in general seems to be hit really hard. There are significant portions of the community where they're experiencing layoffs and things like that. In terms of development roles in particular, how do you feel it is at the moment? Is it a, is it a, a job market which you feel comfortable? You know, Would you, for example, feel comfortable stepping away from your current job thinking, ah, yes, I, I'm going to find it fairly straightforward to get a new job? Well, for me, it's uh, it's a bit when you go back to this, <laughs> to how I found WordPress. For me, security is very important. Um, I need to feel secure. So I never want to go back to that situation again where I'm just standing there and, you know, broke <laughs> and working a job that I don't like. So for me, it's very important to always look at what's out there. What could I do and how do I stack up against the other people that are out there? And for sure, I think in this current market, um, you just need to look at, okay, what are the skills that are very common? The very common skill of WordPress developers, you know, some PHP, you know, a bit of HTML and CSS, and you build, you know, sites with page builder, a Metabox framework, and then that's it. And to me, I don't think that this is a good situation to be in because there are just so many of you and there are only so many jobs for these kind of developers. Mm. So anything that you can do to stand out of that group is great. And that's obviously, in my opinion, where you know the ability to use JavaScript to build custom blocks comes in because um, I always look up uh, when I see a, a job advertising, I always click on it and look at the, the skills that are required. And that was uh, last week or the week uh, before I stumbled upon a job advert for a developer position at a, a WooCommerce plugin developer company. Mm -hmm. And building custom blocks was just a requirement. It wasn't nice to have. It was just, hey, that, that's what you need to do. I was like, really? Okay, are we, are we at this point? So it makes sense for WooCommerce because obviously it's owned by Automatic and they are going in with blocks like fully. But it's something that I suspect would just go out to the wider ecosystem. It's clear that if you want to work in the enterprise space, so any of the big agencies that you know the name of, yeah, that's pretty much either a requirement that you should have when you come in, or you should be really willing to learn it quite fast when you join, because all of these are using, you know, the block editor in some form or fashion. And the other part where I just look at is that uh, I always ask myself, now, if WordPress would just disappear overnight for some reason, some freak accident happens, it just disappears, what would I do then? Well, to be honest, I can write, you know, I think my PHP skills are better than the average, but they are still just way below what I would need to know if I were to be a PHP developer. Like, I just have to be honest with that. Um, definitely, I think if I, if I were to do the work, I could get hired as a junior at a PHP agency, but yeah, so <laughs> that's just to be realistic about. And so for me, what I focus on more is JavaScript. It's a language that I really like. And so I would say, okay, React would be the, the space I would go in if I didn't have WordPress. And I think that's just important to, to look at because WordPress has been super stagnant for so long. And it's great because essentially you can just keep doing the same thing over and over and has worked for so long. But I think it's going to stop working at some point or another. And for me, it's always better to be prepared for the changes that are coming. So try and figure out what are the changes that are coming and prepare for them rather than just being left without a job and now you know, having to scramble to figure out okay, how can I get the skills that I need to get hired at, at an agency or product company. 
Yeah, it's interesting. So you, you've definitely hooked yourself into the JavaScript, React, and Gutenberg blocks development piece. And I'm curious, you know, you saw that job advert where the company who was hiring didn't have, oh, if you've worked with blocks, that would be nice. It was, don't bother applying if you haven't built blocks and worked with blocks before. So that's quite an interesting shift. But in in the work that you've been doing recently, would you say that that is really the case? Does it feel like there's a groundswell moving towards blocks? Is this becoming a thing in the enterprise, which is, well, just a requirement of getting through the door at an interview? I mean, in the enterprise space, it's already a, an established fact yeah. because what would we do besides blocks? Yeah. Classic yeah. editor, I don't yeah. think that's an option. Uh, I don't think that meta boxes are necessarily bad in terms of UI, although they are for sure in a lot of cases, but it's more the storage. Uh, commonly, the, the model is that you take a meta box and it goes into post meta and then you do everything with it, like you query it right. post meta and that's just not going to cut it. <laughs> in the enterprise space for various reasons. One, especially one being performance. The other part is a page builder. I don't know any enterprise sites that use a page builder, but I know a lot of them that want to move off them, just a third-party page builder. And it's not because they are, you know, I don't want to bet off them. It's just at a certain point, a page builder is not what these companies need. And so what you reach for is then the block editor and it gets deployed in various ways. Uh, I think that the difference is, as I said previously, when... Uh, when you have an enterprise company, they really want to, you know, build with uh, with WordPress. So it's not that you give them a very fixed website and then you update a few text. It's more that they have marketing departments. They want to want to have landing pages. They want to build. Uh, they want to add certain zones to block content. Right. They want to really shape how this website looks and the functionality of it. And so that's the difference in the enterprise where with blocks you can give your clients all of these tools that they need to really extend the website. And it's not like smaller websites, which is very fixed, right? Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, let's take a segue. Let's talk, we could carry on through your seven-point list, but I feel this is the right moment to talk about the the course that you actually have. Is that all right with you? Can we talk about that for a couple of minutes? Yes. Yeah. So just lay out lay out what your course is, where we find it, and what it is that you're setting out to do in that course, because it, it felt like this was the perfect place to drop it in. Right. So for me, when we talk about full set editing, uh, I'm convinced that this is the future, <laughs> if not only for the fact that if you look at the wider project, so Matt Moldermack, he has just put all of the chips on the table, right? He's all in with this. And I can't really imagine a future where the whole block experiment would just go away. I think if it if it doesn't work out, that's it for WordPress because there are so many resources invested. There's a whole, you know, um, project timeline that's going to build upon full set editing. So if this doesn't work out, then that's it for WordPress. That's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to go away immediately because there's just so much of it, but I would just be out of it. <laughs> I would be on to the next thing if it doesn't happen. And so... The, the thing that people ask me is, oh, how much of full set editing are you using you know, on your websites? Are you building with it? And the, question, the answer is yes, we're building with it, but we are not completely going block theme, or at least not 100%. But the, the problem is that you need to understand kind of the end result. What is the block theme? What are the features that are there? How do they work? And if you understand that, then you can do the bridging back to more classic themes and then building a hybrid themes, right? Themes that make 
that mix uh, block building approaches with just PHP. And so uh, the way that I teach this is I have a course called uh, the Block Theme Academy, and it has two parts. So the one part is just all there is to know about block theming so that you know all of the tools that are available, you understand how these themes are built. Then the second part is more, okay, now that I have this, but I cannot fully go block-based because of various reasons, how can I apply this to my classic themes? What can I take? And so the roadmap for that is uh, the same that I'm going to present at the, the Page Builder Summit. It's where I say, okay, let's start out with just the content, right? So the, the content editor. And let's just use everything there is so we customize all of the options for uh, you know, the color palettes, the fonts, we remove them, we uh, curate the number of blocks that is available, we use patterns, we use reusable blocks, like all of these tools that are available already in the content. Because that's going to give us kind of the basis for the next phase where we go outside of the content area. So other parts of the website that people need to edit. And then if we have mastered that, because a big part of this is building layouts with the block editor, which is not terribly different to all of the concepts as you know from CSS, just the way you apply it is very different because writing the code and just building it out is just something you need to get used to. Hmm. Then the last part is that where you can then go fully block-based and you can still keep the PHP fallbacks. So that is the structure of the course and it's really meant for agencies and freelancers that want to start building with blocks but are very hesitant to just say from one day to another, okay, <laughs> right now, you know, this is the last classic theme we built. Tomorrow it's going to be block-based. I don't think that's a good approach. And so that's that's a course. So you get the content, you go through it to yourself, and then if you have a question, you just uh, ask for support. And then the second part is I have a one-on-one -on -one coaching program, and that's for people that, that want to learn how to build custom blocks. And this is really a program where you go through with me. Uh, so it's a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching that we do on, on calls with Code Review. And that's just because... When we talk about building custom blocks, people come from all kinds of backgrounds. So some need to learn more things, some need to learn less things. So there is a base which we need to prepare, just base knowledge. Then we get into just the block building and a huge aspect of block building is not just the technical aspect, it's just the design aspects. Right, right. And that is something that is very hard to, to do you know, in a course because there's really, um, the way I teach is very much uh, Socratic, I would say. So <laughs> you say something and I ask, so why? And then you say this. So really dig down into why you want to do something. And I try to to point you in the right direction rather than just telling you do it this way. Because I don't think that teaches you anything, right? I want to get you, I want to, to lead you to so that you get to the place where I want you to go, but you get there on your own by figuring it out yourself. And that's very important because then when you have these skills, you can go out on your own and then you know apply the same uh, tactics uh, tactics in your own work, and so that's that has been it's uh, very small because of course one on one I yeah, can't yeah, take so many yeah. students yeah, but wow. it has been very very successful. That's a really interesting model because it's normally you know it's it's video based, isn't it? Somebody like you shoots the videos, which is obviously a big part of what you're offering the f the first part, if you like the the first half of it all. That's amazing that you've got an option in there to to do one-on-one. -on -one. I guess you're just squeezing that in around the rest of life. Yeah, so th the thing is that for this, uh, there needs to be a fit also, you know, this is not something that you just can buy. We need to get on a call. We need to agree yeah. that you want to do this. And then there also needs to be a fit between of personality between us. And then I think if, if this base is there that 
people want to learn it and they trust you that you can teach it, then the result is great. Hmm. The other part is that, you know, it's it's all about block building and that's the outcome that, that I want to have, that you build your own custom blocks for your own projects. But usually there are other things that come up which are not immediately related because it's not like this is a green field and you're starting out and you don't have anything before. Usually you have other solutions and you say, oh, but I have this, how can I adapt this? So it goes outside of just block development, but that's why it's one-on-one -on -one because you know we can address these questions also during that time. How do I migrate content from here to there? Um, how do I teach this to you know the, the clients that I have? So all of that is just in there. And it's, it's really enjoyable because the problem with the course is you don't really see, unless somebody writes, you don't really see what people do with it. And here you, you see every week how people are progressing. Yeah. And, you know, this is a business. So for sure, you know, the money part is important, but it's just the satisfaction that, that you get from seeing people succeed is something that, yeah, I'm really looking for. That's why I enjoy this so much. Uh, do you take people's situation? So let's say, for example, I come to you and I've got a, I would like to go through that program, but I've got a particular outcome that I need to achieve. Do you, do you work through that or is it, or is it more, right, I've decided what the program is, we're going to go through this, or do you iterate through with them, um, enabling them to get it, get what it is that they need out of it at the end? Yeah, so it's very much you come with your own projects and then ah, we can nice. decide on whether it's a good idea to build it now or later. So um, a very an example would be I had a, had a student called Aileen and um, she really wasn't a developer by her own admission, but she was very willing to do the work. And what she wanted to build is just a list block where you can have an image as a list icon, right. which apparently exists in Elementor, but not in Block Editor. So yeah, we built that together. And of course it sounds easy, but it's essentially a wrapper block and every item is a block in the wrapper. You know how lists work now in 6.1. And then you need to have the UI on the side, but to upload the image, you need to have controls for the padding um, and then the thing is that the padding is controlled centrally on the wrapper, but it needs to feed down to the, the child blocks. So all of these concepts are addressed. And so kind of the, the way that the course works or the program works is that there are the bases that you need to understand. And then we use this specific project to branch out into different fields and then to show you all of the, the possibilities that are there. Because for example, plugin sidebars, that's how it's called if you want to have a custom sidebar in, in the editor. I didn't have a single student so far needing that. So for me, it's why would I teach you that if you don't need it? Right. So the other part is that, um, you know, I've been working with a blog editor since 2018, I think, when it first came around. Mm. And the thing is that depending on what you're currently doing, I might say, hey, we're gonna, I'm going to teach you this stuff, but really what you should be doing at this time is something very moderate. Um, so there are all these kinds of solutions that we are going to implement specific for your kind of your agency, your projects. And also the roadmap is open where I say, okay, now we, we know this, but once you have done this, you can go, this is the next step, this is the next step. So it's really setting you up for, for future success because the kind of the, the problem with the whole block development is that it's so much that I cannot teach you everything, right? It's just right. too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, I'm much more, you know, as I said previously, why should I show it to you if you don't need it, right? So it's just useless. And so the, the, I get you to the point where you have, uh, you have a base of knowledge, you are confident in your skills because you're seeing that I can do this. 
and you know where to look if you need to find out, okay, how can I create this component, all that. So really, I'm just making myself obsolete in a sense because you have all that you need to go out and, and be successful on your own. The, um, the, the, one of the things that you wrote in the show notes was that you, you listened to a previous episode that we had out on the WP Builds podcast. It was episode number 313, I believe, and it was all about certification and the idea that in the WordPress community, there's a, a, a move among some people to, to have a WordPress certification. Now, obviously, you've got your own courses. You're not giving people certificates. That, I don't know. Maybe you are. But the point isn't really that you're trying to invent some kind of certification, which is widely recognized throughout the WordPress community. But you are doing something to to get people upskilled, to give them, you know, gr- greater skills. What do you What do you feel about this whole certification movement? This idea that there that there could be a piece of paper that you hold that potentially could get you through the door to your I don't know first job interview prior to you having years of experience at an agency and testimonials from your previous employers and CVs filled up with things that you've achieved. What do you think of this certification thing? Well, when we talk about a certification, we can only look at what we see in other parts of, of the community. And for sure, for example, if you look at PHP, there's the Zen certification. You have certifications for Symfony, for Laravel, uh, those kind of things. And the problem with it is that when we look at WordPress, a certification is really for you who wants to get a job. Because if there is a certification, there certainly is the expectations from employers that you have this expect uh, this certification or you're going to pass it soon. And the interest really part should really be you. And so all of these certifications that you have, they are paid. So you actually need to pay to go through the program to, to get certified. And that's just something which in the WordPress space, I think, is not very popular. Yeah, I think the idea is more yeah. that mm. everything is free. And obviously, why would you need a certification? Because you can build all of this already and you don't need nobody to certify you. Which is, which is valid, I guess. But the problem is that there really isn't a good way for agencies to you know, look at the skill level that you have and therefore you need references so they actually see what you're building and you can make up their own mind about you know, how far you are. And also for clients, it's not easy because if you do Microsoft, you go to Microsoft certified whatever company and you can be sure that you know, they know at least something whereas in the WordPress space, I mean, there's no guarantee and for sure, I, I know that a lot of, you know, bad experiences actually happening in WordPress space with, you know, clients that are getting websites that are not up to where they should be. And so with a certification, it's really something where I don't see a, a private company doing it. I think it needs to be done by WordPress itself. But then it's a huge amount of work to, oh, yeah. you know, to have that certification and you would need to actually make up career paths because I think in Drupal they had um, a theme. I think they have a CMS user certification, then a theme developer. It was a while that I looked at it, but you essentially need to define the roles that are there in the ecosystem and then you know put skills to that. And you know that in WordPress, <laughs> whatever you put into the curriculum, people are not going to agree with you because <laughs> you could have something in there like yeah. write the meta box from scratch. Yeah. Say, oh, I don't need to because I have this plugin. It's like, yeah. well, yeah, okay, but that's not the, the certification cannot check for the fact that you know how to use a certain plugin. So I think that's just the, the difficulty of it. And I don't think that 
that anything is going to come out of it, to be honest. But also, I think that it's very difficult at the minute to imagine how long any curriculum in WordPress could really stay around uh, because it's changing so rapidly. I mean, literally from month to month, things are no longer what they were. So, you know, you'd go through this process and then the piece of paper that you've got in your hand, maybe there's questions as well, have you been learning things since then? Because in the last six months, this has all happened. Are you able to prove that you can do that? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think the rate of change is a is a difficult bridge for the people trying to get the certifications going. They're going to have to cross that one, I think. Right, but it's more, I guess, if you look at other... If we look at JavaScript, for example, JavaScript ecosystem, uh, which is probably you know one of the more fast-moving ones, it's just that how can I say that? Sometimes I I hear people say, for example, I want to create this component in a block in a block sidebar, right? A selector that shows the terms from this taxonomy, and then they say, well, why isn't there documentation that just shows me that? Right, so I go in and then I copy paste this into my code and then it works. Yeah, there's just so many variations of this. Is the flat taxonomy? Is it you know a hierarchical taxonomy? Uh, what do you do if you have tons of just tags? Uh, does it need to be a multi-select, a single select? So those are variations that you can build once you understand the things that are underneath it. Right, if you understand how to get the data and how you you can find the components, you just combine the two, and then you got your end result. So the expectation just that you can go in and get stuff is just not realistic anymore. Mm. I think that's just because everybody got started with snippets. I think WP Beginner has <laughs> like a, the whole website just full of snippets. Oh, you want to achieve this little thing? Take the snippet, paste into function.php, and boom. And you're like, well, wonderful, right? But that's because the, the, the knowledge is essentially flat. All you need to know is how to find function.php, how to paste stuff in it, and how to find a snippet, and then you're good. Mm. But if you were to say, give me a block that does this, and I give you the source code, you wouldn't even know what to do with it, because you say, well, where do I put it? Well, you need to register the block. And even if you were have to the complete block, then you're saying, well, this JavaScript doesn't work. And then, yeah, you need to build the JavaScript. Or how do I get it to build the JavaScript? <laughs> and so it's just the, the knowledge isn't flat anymore, right? You need to understand, well, how does uh, JavaScript development work? How does a package manager work? How does the build pipeline work? And then you can go into, well, how does the actual code work? And it's just the smallest details. Um, for example, um, I had a student in my course and uh, we were building this block. And um, they said, oh, I want to add class names to this. And there is a, a function. It's called class names. And I said, well, use this. And then it just put class names in their code. And then the build tool said, well, it's not defined. They say, why isn't it defined? They say, ah, yeah, you need to import the class names package, right? You need to import the function into the file where you're using it, which is something that in JavaScript right. is just yeah, normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in WordPress, we are just used to everything always being there. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is sometimes people get tripped up because there are certain PHP files in WordPress that are only included in certain scenarios. And that's the same thing, right? You need to make sure it's defined before you use it. That's really interesting. I'm going to move on to the the, the fifth point here where you've put, essentially, it boils down to this, your endeavor to learn 
hopefully will lead your capacity to earn on an upwards trajectory. So the, the more you learn, the more you are likely to earn. It seems like a, a reasonable proposition. At the moment, do you, would, do you, in your own work, do you concentrate learning only WordPressy things or do you, do you stray outside of the WordPress domain? So when I say WordPressy, I guess there's so many things that you could put under that umbrella. You know, it could literally be JavaScript, React, uh, CSS, who knows? But do you find yourself tinkering around with other things just in case that doom scenario that you mentioned that WordPress might not be around forever? Do you, do you kind of explore different things so that you've got options? Yeah, so React is something I just keep my eye on because it's, again, something that, that I like. I actually like using it a lot. But I'm also, the PHP, I'm not, it's not saying that I don't like PHP, it's just not so much my interest. But I think with the PHP 8 stuff that's happening, you know, I keep my eye on that because it's very important to know what this language is doing. It's really a big part of WordPress written in PHP, right? Mm. And that's just the thing where it's, you need to keep an eye on all of the things that WordPress is, is made off of. So PHP is part of that. Because the language, if you're still used to the way that WordPress does things where it's just functions, there are no namespaces, uh, there's just there's no strict typing, nothing like that. And you go to where PHP is going because it's really it's not the language that it used to be in the past. I mean PHP is now getting used in the enterprise to replace Java, right? It's it's a very different language. So yeah, I keep my, my eye on that, but my particular interest has been uh, now on SaaS applications in the past because uh, you know there is Squarespace, there's Wix, and some people look down on it. But I actually go in and look at it, and I'm like, oh, this is, this is pretty interesting. And you can program on Wix. You know, it's, uh, it's definitely a thing that is there. Um, last time I, I built a Shopify theme. So I just look at this and I say, okay, you know, what, what is happening in, in these uh, SaaS spaces? Uh, what are they doing well? What they, aren't they doing well? And to be honest, uh, I don't have a big knowledge of WooCommerce. Uh, I've been on a bit of it and just when you go into Shopify, I mean, I knew nothing about it. Just say, Hey, sign up, where are the tutorials? And you can really build out a shop, which is complete with very little knowledge actually. So I'm like, I'm quite impressed with that. And that's kind of the problem where I see, I don't know if you just stew in this WordPress soup all the time, it's not really good because you think that the way that WordPress does things is normal, but it's, it's really not in a lot of in a lot of senses, it's not normal what WordPress does and how it is. And so that's what I would just recommend to, to everybody, just to, to look at you know, what's happening outside because it will inform what you do with WordPress. And then, of course, once you get to a certain, to a certain part in your career, um, it's just not the technical skills. It's also more the, the team management, the, the project management, architecture, all of that. I think that's more the point now where I invest a lot of my learning time in. Yeah, I think it's... It- it's just good in life to be curious, isn't it? If you, I've always had that philosophy that if if you're if you can maintain your curiosity about well almost anything really, then life is constantly a bit of a joy. Whereas if you just sort of fixate on one thing, then you know you just sort of get lost in the in the mire of it all. So yeah, that's interesting advice. I'm gonna I'm gonna take us to the last of your seven points here, which is you've written what solutions are there for agencies that want to level up their skills. Um, I truly don't know what the answer is there, so I'm just going to pose that as a question and hope that you can answer it. Right, yeah. So for me, I think that when you when you look at the agency space, 
Jarvis, you need to know where you are at currently, what your weak points are and where you want to go. And so it really, really depends on, on where you're at, but I think that already if you just keep up, on I wouldn't say keep up, but if you at regular intervals, let's say every WordPress release, just check the make WordPress, you know, the notes, the dev notes, and look into this, that's already a good starting point because I think that what you cannot do at this point is just ignore, you know, everything that's going on because say, well, we use this solution here, right? This page builder, this theme package, this whatever, and not really interested what's happening in WordPress itself. I think that's that's something where that's just the baseline where you should look at it. Then the other part is that for sure for agencies, uh, I would recommend that you start experimenting with full set editing. So there's my course, but besides that, obviously there are tons of resources uh, on the, the WordPress.org um, website. And this is really the baseline because just that approach of using blocks, it goes away from a lot of the established practices that are there. And it's going to take some time just to, to wrap your head around this all is supposed to work. And I think that the, the less you come into it with pre-established notions of how things should work, like in your mind, the better it is. Because if you are not open to this new experience because or it's different, or it's, you know, it's not the shape you want it to be, I think it's really bad. If you just come at it with an open mind, then I think that's probably the best way that you can approach the subject. And then, of course, you know, if we are talking about the future, I don't think you can get around uh, mastering JavaScript and just, you know, building blocks. That's just my opinion, uh, because I don't really see unless you do very simple websites where you just deal with the core blocks, uh, which is definitely possible. I think there's, there's a market for it. You need to know how you can customize all of it. And then the other part is just <laughs> the part where it's not really fun and it's not new, but just reviewing the fundamentals. Um, because I, you know, I talked to WordPress developer and they said that they never in their, their career had to write an SQL query like ever. And they don't really know how it works. And I was just kind of puzzled because when I learned, you know, PHP in the book that I bought, it's just, you know, what's just a random <laughs> how to learn PHP book. <laughs> okay. Of course, what you do is you build out an application with an SQL database. Yeah. And the way you do it is you write a query against it. So I'm by far not, you know, the master of SQL, but at least I have a knowledge of it. And it serves me well if I need to, to debug certain things. But that's just the part where I think that's sometimes forgotten is that there is just a lot more to WordPress than just taking a plugin and then activating it. Because actually what I, what I see with the SaaS solutions, I mean, Wix, is it great? I would say, yeah, it's okay, right? It's definitely okay. But the thing is that if you look at what it costs you to build it with Wix and what it costs you to build the same with WordPress, you know, there's obviously a big difference. And with Wix, you don't have to do anything, right? You don't have to find a hosting. You don't have to update plugins. There are no conflicts. And so that's why I say both that full set editing lowers the barrier to entry, but it also raises it because for the people that are more designers and they are developers on the site, they just develop because they need to build stuff. It's great because now with the block editor, they can build visually and it's all integrated into WordPress. They are not dependent on anything. But for other agencies that say, hey, we are really building custom solutions for our clients. Well, 
then you need to be able to customize this editor. And that means just getting over that hump of dealing with the block editor and JavaScript and everything. So if you're interested in that, you know, I'd love, love to help you. But even if you say I want to learn this on my own, I think the resources are there. I know it's what I always say. I think that if you invest enough time and energy into this, you can definitely learn it because I learned it that way, right? right. But uh, <laughs> it's more whether you want to go through that in terms of frustration. I have a very high tolerance for frustration. And <laughs> uh, the other part is more, I think one of the big struggles is that just the time aspect of it. And that's just a matter of being efficient. You know, you can mow your own lawn, you pay somebody to do it. You know, that's just the, the approach that I look at it. And I think a good concept from uh, Brian Garner is that I, I like to keep repeating is that just the, the five for your own future is to really take 5% of your time and then invest it into building your skills that will serve you well into the future. I think that's important to, uh, to make part of your journey. And also what I think if you may be like me, you know, I went into the whole JavaScript deal quite neutral. I was like, this is something I have to do, so I'm going to do it. But actually, I found it quite enjoyable. So maybe you are, you're going to discover that this is not as horrible as you think, and you're actually going to enjoy building these sites. And the possibilities are then endless. You know, if you like JavaScript, there is definitely a market for headless websites. So I think just the more you get out of your own shell and you, the more you get out into the wider, even web development ecosystem, the better it is for your future, whether you're a freelancer or an agency. Yeah, nice. I really like your sentiments there. That's lovely. Um, Frank, if people have listened to this and they're, you know, they want to learn a little bit more about blocks, maybe they're just interested to chat with you about working at an agency and all of those kind of things, or maybe they want to have that one-on-one -on -one call that you are offering as well as part of your courses, where's the best place for them to contact you? The best place would be my website, .pdevelopment.courses, and there are all the courses on there and also the possibilities to reach out to me. And yeah, that's the place. Okay, perfect. Frank, really nice to chat to you. To, sorry, I'm going to say that again. Frank, really nice to chat to you today. Appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I, <laughs> I hope we can do it again some other time. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that lovely chat today with Frank Klein, all about educating yourself in the WordPress space. What do you think? If you've got any comments about what Frank said, whether or not you should stray outside of WordPress, what style of learner are you? Those kind of things head over to wpbuilds.com and look for episode number 324. There's a search button at the top right of the site. You can use that to search and filter down, but hopefully you'll find episode 324 and feel free to leave us a comment there. We'd really appreciate that. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by going to go.me forward slash WPBuilds. And sincere thanks to GoDaddy Pro for their continuing support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, that's more or less it. All I've got to say is we will be back next Thursday. It'll be David Wormsley and I having a chat. But we'll also be back on Monday for our This Week in WordPress show, 2 p.m. UK time. You can find us at wpbuilds.com forward slash live. We love when people show up and give us your comments. But aside from that, I hope that you have a nice week. Stay safe. Bye-bye for now.